All right, it's the Keefe to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees win. They beat the Royals 5-2 to two on Wednesday in Kansas City to finish that series with a win. They win the series. They do what they need to do in the 13 games against the mediocre to bad teams. They go 10-3. and three. They keep pace on the pace that I need them to get to to win 96 games, which would win me my preseason over 95.5 wins wager. It would maybe get them to division. Maybe. It's going to be really tough to get the 96 wins for the Yankees, and even if they get there, it might not be enough because of how bad the Rays' schedule is the rest of the way. But the Rays lost on Wednesday as well to the Red Sox, so a game comes off the lost column deficit there. Now six games to the Rays in the East. Both the A's and the Red Sox won on Wednesday, so the Yankees didn't make up any ground there, so still one game back of the Red Sox in the lost column for the second wild card, three games back of the A's in the lost column for the first wild card. And the A's have been hot. They've now won six in a row. The Red Sox have been collapsing, but they get a big win. And that sort of helps the Yankees, because if you're under the impression that they can still win the division, which they can, they're going to have to play unbelievable the rest of the way. 48 games, they have to win 33 of them, at least 33 and 15, something around there. Then you need Tampa to lose again on Thursday against Boston. That'll get the Yankees' deficit there down to five. They won't make up any ground on the Red Sox, but the Red Sox schedule is hard enough that they'll do damage to themselves on their own. They have a tough schedule. The Yankees still play them six times. They can make up the games on their own. The Yankees only play the Rays three more times, so very minimal opportunities to make up ground there. Even if they win a series against them, that final series of the season, winning two out of three, they'd only make up one game. So they need to be one back with three to play and then win that series. To sweep them is not likely, so they need to get way closer, and the only way to do that is have Tampa lose games to some of the good teams they play, and Boston being a good team, I guess. I don't think they're good, and they're starting to show me why I have thought that all season, but you need the Red Sox to win on Thursday. you got to start rooting for the Red Sox. And yes, that could come back to bite the Yankees at the end of the season because maybe the A's stay hot, maybe the Red Sox don't lose, and maybe the Yankees are out because of the times you rooted for the Red Sox, but... That's what you need to do right now. Keep as many avenues and paths to the postseason open as possible. And to do that, you'd have to keep the East open and you'd have to keep both wildcard spots open. Both wildcard spots open are open. The East is slightly open. It could be open a lot more where the Yankees win on Thursday and a raised loss. But the Yankees now go to Iowa for the Field of Dreams game on Thursday before an off day on Friday. And they're pitching Andrew Heaney against the, the White Sox, which is just a fucking terrible idea. The White Sox destroy left-handed pitching because essentially they have a Yankees-like lineup where it's all right-handed batters. The Yankees, the White Sox, the Blue Jays, they have pretty much the same lineup. The difference is the Yankees went out, got Anthony Rizzo, who's not playing, and they got Joey Gallo, two left-handed hitters who can hit in the top five of the order. So they're a little more balanced now than the White Sox or the Blue Jays are, but the White Sox take care of business against left-handed pitching, which the Yankees don't. And Andrew Heaney is not a good pitcher. I don't give a shit what he did in the final four innings the other day. Everyone's praising him like he went out and threw a complete game shutout. Yeah, he didn't give up a run over his final four innings. He gave up four in the first two. Coming off a start where he gave up four and four and four home runs. So he's been awful. And the fact that the Yankees are using him and Major League Baseball to sit there and watch him in this enormous regular season event game, can't be happy about that. They can't be happy about that because this thing could be over in the first inning or first two innings. That's how bad Andrew Heaney is. And maybe 
he'll have some miraculous start. Something you get in the course of a baseball season when guys who suck just have it for a night. Maybe he'll just have it for a night. It's unfortunate because this is such a big series. Yankees, White Sox, the two teams that were the AL favorites before the season playing for the second time after the Yankees swept them in New York earlier in the season in May. And it sucks because the Yankees are nowhere near full strength. Three of their four starting infielders are out in Torres, Urshela, and Rizzo. Gary Sanchez is out. Garrett Cole's out. Jordan Montgomery's out. Luis Severino's not back yet. Corey Kluber's not back yet. Clay Holmes just went down, so another bullpen guy. The Yankees are nowhere near full full strength. You're going to see Andrew Velazquez this weekend. You're going to see Tyler Wade this weekend. You're going to see Brett Gardner this weekend. You're going to see Jonathan Davis this weekend. A bunch of guys who aren't on the roster, on the 26-man roster, at least a few of them. Gardner will always be. When, when the team's at full strength, Jonathan Davis isn't on the team. Tyler Wade's no longer on the team. Andrew Velasquez is not on the team. You're not giving Nestor Cortez starts. Andrew Heaney's not in the rotation. You don't have to have bullpen games where Wandy Peralta's opening or Lucas Lickie's opening. Those things don't happen when the team's at full strength. And I don't know that we're ever going to get to see the 2021 Yankees at full strength. I, I really don't. Full strength would be a rotation of Cole, Severino, Kluber, Montgomery, Tyone. That would be the Yankees at full strength, with Sanchez behind the plate, and Rizzo at first, and LeMahieu at second, and Torres at short, and Urshela at third, and Stanton Judge and Gallo in the outfield, and Void at DH. I don't know that we'll ever get to see that, because by the time some of these guys come back, if, if Torres comes back, Urshela gets back, someone else will just get hurt. If one of the pitchers comes back, one of the other pitchers will get hurt. That's just how it goes for the Yankees, and it's gone for three years. And it's unfortunate, because if you put this team... At complete strength, at complete health, yes, on paper, they're the best team in baseball. They are. Much better than the White Sox. The White Sox are good, but they're just a product of the AL Central, which is a fucking joke. If the White Sox were playing in the AL East, they would not have a 67-48 and record, a plus-129 run differential. They just wouldn't. They get to beat up on four bad teams all season. And they're 15-19 they're and 19 against teams over 500 because they only had to play 34 games against teams over 500 because no one in their division is over 500. They're the only team in their whole division over 500. In the AL East alone, you have Tampa, who has the best record in the American League. You've got Boston. You've got the Yankees, and then you've got the Blue Jays. The Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays are all within one loss of each other. The Red Sox have 50. The Yankees and Blue Jays have 51. The best division in baseball toughest division in baseball and, and to see a team like the White Sox who yes they're good I, I I do think they'd be good even if they played in the AL East they would not be this good I don't even know that they'd reach the postseason thankfully for them they don't play in the AL East they're going to the postseason they can sit back for two months and just wait try to stay healthy get everything lined up they're going to the ALDS all they have to try to do is win home field advantage if, if they care for that not every team does we know the Yankees don't but they don't have to do anything from now until the postseason, and they're going. They have a 10.5 game lead over the Indians. The Indians are two games under 500. They're not ever catching them. While this is a big deal on Thursday night, huge regular season event, I'm excited for it. Be more excited for it if anyone, anyone other than Andrew Heaney was starting. But I'm still excited for it. I'm excited, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for every Yankees game all season, but now even more so, 48 games left. They're all playoff games. Every night feels like a playoff game, scoreboard watching, who's winning, who's losing. It's great. <laughs> I wish the Yankees were in the White Sox position where the division sucked and they could sit back and we'd be talking about the postseason rotation, the lineup, things like that. 
rather than having to grind through every game just to get into a playoff berth, which the Yankees don't even hold right now. You would never know that with the way Aaron Boone sets the lineup each day as if they're 20 games over and not going to be caught. Instead, they're two games out of the second wild card, one in the loss column, but two overall. So it's a big weekend. It's a big weekend. And White Sox Dave, who covers the White Sox for Barstool Sports, joined me as he always does when the Yankees play the White Sox, to talk about everything that's going on with that team, the feeling to just sit back and watch and enjoy the last two months of baseball until the playoffs, and uh, just an overall state of the White Sox. So let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk about the White Sox, which he does every time the Yankees play them, is White Sox Dave, who covers the White Sox for Barstool Sports. Dave, how's it going today? It's going well. It's going very well. Um... I usually start my day off by giving a little scroll through your Twitter feed to get a good laugh <laughs> and appreciation for the current state of baseball, specifically the Yankees. And um, But I didn't do that today because I knew I got to speak to you face-to-face, and I'm glad I do. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to come on. And, yeah, uh, well, things have been much better for the Yankees of late, 10-3 and three in their last 13, though they beat up on some pretty bad teams with the Mariners being the only, um, you know, not bad team, and, and I still think the Mariners suck. So it's been an easy run here since the trade deadline when they got Anthony Rizzo, when they got Joey Gallo. Uh, but for the White Sox, it's sort of been an easy run all season because they get to play in the AL Central, um, and they get to beat up on the Indians and the Tigers, who are, you know, up and coming, and, and then the Twins and the Royals. So you guys, you're just sitting back waiting for October, whereas the AL East is a fucking grind for four teams right now uh, to get into the postseason. So it's been a pretty smooth sailing summer for you. Yeah, um, like you said, I, like I, anybody who says otherwise would be lying. But the AL Central's trash. <laughs> um, the White Sox, you know, it's it's August twelfth right now. There's about a month and a half left in the regular season. Whatever happens with the White Sox, I don't really care that. It, like, if they go five hundred throughout the rest of the way, fine. Obviously, I would love home field advantage throughout the playoffs, but. Um, they're, the whole name of the game for them is just staying healthy right now and going and go, getting hot right at the right time entering October because the talent on the roster is very apparent. And, um, but, you know, health has not been there for them this year. So should it be, should they be fully healthy come October? That's, that's like priority number one. And if they are, they can beat anybody while also, you know, they could lose, they could get swept first round and at the same time. So, but it's all about October right now. Yeah, certainly. And I think that's one of the things, you know, being a Yankees fan over the years, there's been a lot of seasons where you're just waiting for October and the result of each game doesn't necessarily matter as long as the magic number keeps dropping. It's just the fact of hoping there's no injuries because for the White Sox, I mean, they finally are just getting healthy. Whereas the Yankees, they've sort of been hurt for three years now. But when you look at the White Sox roster, their lineup, I know on uh, getaway day yesterday, they played sort of a B lineup. Uh, but for the most part, their actual expected lineup is returning. Yeah, tonight's going to be the first time all season. I mean, and I mean, this is gonna tonight's gonna be the best lineup that they've had the entire season thus far, and they're still mid- missing Yasmani Grandal, who uh, yesterday just started. Yesterday, the day before, uh, it might have been Monday, uh, just started his rehab assignment. He tore a ligament in his knee, and um, so he's coming back within the next, you know, week or ten days or whatever. So, but tonight you'll see 
Eloy Jimenez, he's got, you know, eight, nine games played. He's got five bombs already. You'll see Luis Robert, who who looks very good so far in his few games back. Um, obviously, Magical's gone, but Cesar Hernandez, a, a really quietly solid Major League Baseball player at second base. And then, you know, Lance Lynn, Kopech, Kimbrell, uh, Hendricks, you'll, you'll see them all. So the Yankees are not going to be playing the same team that they swept in, in what was that, late May, yeah. early June. It's going to be a different team, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Well, for the White Sox, they'll see a different team for the Yankees. The entire left side of the infield's out in Glaber and Gio Rochella. Anthony Rizzo's out. Gary Sanchez is out. No Cole, uh, no Garrett Cole, no Jordan Montgomery. Luis Severino's trying to come back. Corey Kluber's trying to come back. Uh, Chapman's out. You're going to see basically a mid-March lineup for the Yankees this weekend against the White Sox. So I'm not expecting much from the Yankees this weekend, um, especially with Andrew Heaney starting the fucking Field of Dreams game where he'll probably give up another four home runs like he did to the Orioles two starts ago, especially against this right-handed power lineup of the White Sox. So it's going to be a tough, tough weekend here for the Yankees. I like, and I know the Yankees as a whole are really beat up and are having their issues with the, you know, with pandemic and and COVID and everything. But I will say this as, and and this might be the PTSD speaking in me. And I, like I said, I know the Yankees are a good team once, you know, going full bore. But right now, like you said, they're not full bore. They're they're beat up really badly. The White Sox have a, a propensity to make really bad teams look like just all-star teams. Um, like, I don't know if that's because they've played a lot of really bad teams. And obviously, in, in Major League Baseball, you're going to lose. You know, the best team in baseball could lose to the worst team in baseball on any given day. And, like, I, I have this like this shitty feeling in my stomach right now that Andrew Heaney, who they already touched up for seven runs, and I think it was two and two-thirds or three and two-thirds or something in game two or three of the season when he was on on Los Angeles. Um, Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and gives up, you know, a run or two maybe through six and two-thirds or something while striking out eight. (laughs) Um, That's like because they just, for whatever reason, whenever they're like on paper supposed to kill a team, they don't do it. So, but like at the same time, if you're taking just gut feeling away, the White Sox should cruise tonight. Lance Lynn's been just a horse for the team this year. And then, like you said, Andrew Heaney is a lefty and the White Sox are, I don't know, 35 and seven or something against left-handed starters throughout the last uh, year, dating back to last year in the, in the Corona season. So I don't like, I don't know what to make of it. What I do know is I'm not going to be gambling on the game tonight because I want to be able to enjoy it without having uh, financial interest <laughs> in the game. That's a good idea. That's that's a good idea. I mean, I, I would just because the Yankees' money line is such great value, but I've watched Andrew Heaney pitch for the Yankees' two starts now, and there's no way anyone should be financially backing him, especially against this White Sox lineup. The one thing about the White Sox, as someone who often wagers on them, is they never walk. They they swing at everything. So, like you said, they have a they could go out and score ten runs, or like what they did on Sunday Night Baseball the other night. It was seven nothing, like twenty minutes into the game, uh, or they just swing at everything and get themselves into trouble whereas the Yankees have sort of had this philosophy now for two decades where 
they'll load the bases with walks, but this team, this Yankees core, for some reason, can't make contact, so they're getting they're getting traffic on the bases, as Aaron Boone likes to say, with walks. They don't drive anyone in. The White Sox don't walk anyone, but they can drive everyone in. So it's kind of uh, you know opposite ends of the spectrum with these two offenses. Yeah, I, the White Sox, so, I mean, I, so Luis Robert uh, could have been a 30-home run guy this year. I wouldn't have been shocked if Eloy Jimenez um, if you were to play 150 regular season games this year, if you would have led baseball in bombs this year. Um, with those two out and then with Grandall out, who at the time was leading the team in home runs, he, he's been out the last five weeks now. Um, losing that, they've had to rely on manufacturing runs. And right now, they've been starting to hit a lot of bombs late in the last month or so. Right now, they are 19th in all of baseball in home runs. But... They are, I'm filtering it out right now, they're seventh in baseball and runs scored. And they're they're a couple games behind. So they're a couple games behind with rainouts and stuff, the rest of the guys in front of them, it looks like. So that, like, they're manufacturing runs, like you said. And because they, you know, they're playing utility guys five, six days a week that wouldn't be playing five, six days a week that aren't the power threats that are Yasmani Grandal, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. And then you've seen, like, Yoan Kata hasn't hit for any power this year. Tim Anderson just started to within the last three, four weeks or so. I mean, he only had, like, five bombs through through the 4th of July or the All-Star break or so. Um, so they've had the manufacture runs, but um, the pitching's what what has kept them in, in this season. And, like, even if, you know, like, even if they were an average team, they'd still probably be making the playoffs because the division's so pathetic. But the pitching is why they're, you know, in first place by 10 games right now. Um, but, like, it, it's a well-balanced team, I think. It's, you got, you know, three horses at the top of the rotation. And now that everybody's healthy, like, one through nine are guys that can put the ball out of the park. And, you know, if you – like, I, I keep saying on Twitter, ball go far, team go far. Now that they're starting <laughs> to hit two, three home runs a game a lot of times, like you, you, they don't lose those games because they're only giving up two, three runs, you know, with their starting pitching and and with how dominant the back end of their bullpen's been. In the offseason, you were very vocal about wanting George Springer uh, through free agency on the White Sox. I guess that's a good thing that didn't happen, at least. For, I mean, it's bad that he went to the Blue Jays because he's in the division, but it'd be even worse if he went to the White Sox because that lineup would even be better than it is. Like, I, I always... It's hard to say. So, George, like, I I hate that the White Sox are always gun-shy about unloading money on mega deals, especially for guys over 30. But at the same time, over the course of this rebuild, time and time again, it's looked to be like their method of paying players has been the, it's been the right move in hindsight. Like, they, they've extended all these guys prior to reaching arbitration. They did it with Chris Sale. We all knew know what his contract was. It was like an insane deal for the type of production he was providing the White Sox and then the Red Sox. You saw it with Jose Quintana. You see it with Tim Anderson. They extended Mankata. They extended Robert. They extended Eloy. So all these guys are here for the long haul on not these crazy, crazy deals. Um, so when, like, I, I, I would love, I would have, I should say, past tense, loved for them to, drop money on you know on these Manny Machado Bryce Harper George Springer type players but at the same time they're finding value in better like or players that have been 
pretty much as productive. Like, if you look at what Adam Engel's done over his last 160 games played, he's like a, a five to six win player. Nobody talks about him. He has been so good. He's been every bit as good as George Springer has in the last couple, like couple of years, and nobody says a word about it. He plays a gold glove defense. He slugged that over a 500 clip. He steals bases. Uh, he doesn't strike out. He's starting to walk a little more. Uh, his weighted runs create a plus. I'm looking at it now. It's 134 over his last 152 games played. So, like, why why go out and spend 150 million or whatever it was for George Springer when you can pay this guy one million or whatever he's making? He's on. He's in arbitration right now, and um, and get similar production, you know. So, uh, so they're doing it right. Is a long story short, and I. I'm, I've reached the point where I trust the front office anytime they make a move or or pass on a player. That's fair. That's fair. And at, at the deadline, they made a move with the Cubs going uh, across town to get Craig Kimbrell. Uh, what is the situation in the back of the bullpen? I know you know they said closer by committee. Is it Hendricks? Is it Kimbrell? Um, it, what is your take? Who do you want in the biggest of spots? So... The, the best part about Liam Hendricks, and this guy's going to be—he's going to be the face of ESPN or someone, MLB Net or something. He loves the camera, and he—he's always doing interviews. Uh, he says that he doesn't give a shit where he pitches. Just he wants his condition is that he wants to pitch as much as possible. So he doesn't typically like the traditional closers role, coming for the ninth with a three or less run lead and get three outs. Like he would rather come in in the sixth. You know, bases loaded, nobody out. I need to get three outs and not surrender any runs. Like, I'd rather do that and then come in in the seventh and, and shut down the seventh inning, too. Like, he just wants the ball as much as possible, and he doesn't matter. it doesn't matter to him what inning it is. Liam Hendricks and, and pitchers by nature are creatures of habit, and baseball players in general are creatures of habit. Um, he, he needs a clean ninth inning. So, like, I know the White Sox just paid Liam Hendricks a, a lot of money to be a reliever, but – like he doesn't care and and uh and Craig Kimbrell he kind of does care like if if that's the case then that's fine by me I it doesn't matter I mean with him with Kimbrell with Hendricks and then with Kopech you got three guys with a plus plus closer type stuff that you can pitch in the ninth inning but you can mix and match with the other two guys who aren't going to be pitching in the ninth inning because you know they'll 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 adapt to whatever the situation in the game is. So they're the back end of their bullpen is it's like who who's going to close? If that's the question, it's a really really good problem to have. All right, Dave. Well, two months, basically a little less than that to go in the baseball season. You have smooth sailing. I'm over here basically in playoff mode every single night. Is there anything that worries you for the White Sox going forward? Is there any team that worries you come October specifically? Or are you just sitting back relaxing till then? Um, I mean, the White Sox are going to win the division. I, I think it is important for them to at least make as much of an attempt as possible at at locking down the best record in the AL so they do get home field advantage. But like I said to start the show, health is concern and priority number one by far and away. I mean, there's, they're going to be giving guys off days on the same day, which I kind of hate as a fan. Yeah. Um, 
where, you know, they're playing the Kansas City Royals and then, you know, half the starting lineups out and then they lose two to one. And you're like, well, you know, why why do that? Why just give a game away? It's I know that's going to happen. It's unavoidable. So I'm trying not to get too pent up on worrying about that stuff. But, um, like, come October, and like I said, and and I know the White Sox the last, you know, 10 years have not been good. They've been very bad uh, prior to the corona season. Um, but I like watching this team under a microscope like I do and and talking to the players and talking to the front office when they come on our show and everything like I, I know that they got something great going in that clubhouse that they expect success. They expect a World Series that they're going to try everything in their power to win that World Series. And there's not one team in baseball, not one. And I'm including the Dodgers in that should they meet in the World World Series that that truly scares me like I think they match up with anybody great and I think that in spite of the division they play in and the record against 500 teams which you know they weren't fully healthy for the vast majority of the season even close to it um I think that like teams will I I think that any team that's in the playoffs in the AL is going to look at and be like I don't want to play the White Sox I don't want to see Lance Lynn to Carlos Rodon to Lucas Giolito to Dylan Cease. And then, you know, you got a lineup that features Tim Anderson, who is an all-star. Eloy, who's just absolutely pissing on the ball. Jose Abreu, who just won an MVP. Yohan Mankata, who's getting on base at a 400 clip. Uh, he's going to be hitting like seventh. And then you got Cesar Hernandez, who's got 21 bombs hitting ninth and playing gold glove defense. And then you got, you know, Luis Robert, who could be a 30-30 guy you know, down the road, like it's, it's not a team that anybody else in the AL is going to want to play. And that's not to say that they won't get swept in the first round or lose in the first <laughs> round or, you know, gut out a couple of series before losing in the ALCS to go to the world series. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that this team can absolutely win the world series. The talent is there. Um, the camaraderie in the clubhouse is there. I know they absolutely adore and respect the shit out of Tony La Russa as a manager, which I never in a million years thought I'd be saying right now. Um, but he sold them and he sold the fan base. Um, it's it's really fun times for White Sox, uh, the fans and the team right now. And I I cannot wait for October because and, and like with the with they've been on national TV three separate times this week. Well, tonight will be the third time already. Like I I'm I'm excited for the entire country to see this loser organization that's the second <laughs> team in their own city like say holy shit this team is really good and they're going to be really good for a really long time so i'm excited that for that well before i let you go last thing quick guy uh, you, you got to watch the cubs the core of the cubs the team that got them over the hump won the world series get gutted <laughs> traded away chris bryant anthony rizzo javier baez you had to enjoy watching that happen Yes and no. I mean, it's funny because Cubs fans, I mean, they became kind of like Yankees fans a little bit. They were insanely cocky. You know, they were they were punching down at White Sox fans constantly on the internet, which is fine. That makes sports fun and everything. I wouldn't want to be a sports fan if I wasn't, you know, bickering with opposing fan bases. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I never in my life, well, I should say one year, one year in my lifetime, I'm 32 years old, have the Cubs gone? Cubs and White Sox gone to the playoffs in the same year? Uh, that was 2008. The Cubs got swept by the Dodgers, and the White Sox lost in four games to the Rays. Um, they both got their asses kicked in those series. And 
if uh, like I would love at any point, especially not being married or, or having kids or anything, the Cubs to be and and the White Sox to be legitimate, legitimate World Series contenders um, during the same stretch. And it's not going to happen. Like that'd be great for me personally because it'd be great for business. <laughs> but like at the same time, if fuck the like I hate them. Uh, they they got what they deserve. Um, they pissed off, you know, Anthony Rizzo. They pissed off Chris Bryant. And they were forced to deal, like, all these guys that just won a World Series a few years ago. They were forced to deal them in their in their primes. And, like, it, it's funny and it, karma. And it is what it is. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I wish they were both competitive, you know. So yeah. it's win-win for me in that respect. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk about the White Sox. Big weekend here for the Yankees. Not obviously as big for the White Sox. Big 48 games left for the Yankees. So uh, maybe we'll see each other like we talked way back when and before spring training about the potential that these two teams would be the best in the American League. White Sox have held up their end of the bargain. The Yankees haven't, but maybe we'll be fortunate and get a postseason matchup between them. You got it, my friend. I will catch you soon. All right. Thanks to Dave for taking the time to come on and talk about the White Sox. Huge series this weekend for the Yankees. The results don't really matter for the White Sox. <laughs> they do matter for the Yankees. On my uh, pacing sheet, I have them needing to win this series this weekend. It's going to be tough when Andrew Heaney's starting the first game, but they got to do it. They have to win every series from here on out to reach the postseason, essentially, unless they're going to start sweeping teams, which they haven't done all season. So Yankees-White Sox on Thursday night, Field of Dreams game, off day Friday, back at it on Saturday and Sunday. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back after the Field of Dreams game to talk about it.